0: What will you remember most about 2017 on the Syracuse sports scene? Was it that amazing win at the Carrier Dome on Friday the 13th, or perhaps that other amazing win at the Carrier Dome thanks to John Gillen against a certain team that we love to hate around here? Was it saying goodbye to a legend and coach, Mac? A startling admission from a local basketball star. The departure of a coach-in-waiting who's now coaching at Washington. A coach comes back, lights up a victory cigar at the Carrier Dome. Speaking of the Dome, they ever going to renovate that thing? Justin Knight wins a national championship. The lacrosse team does not get to the Final Four. The first class since Jimmy Carter was president that it has that unfortunate title. The Bayheim legacy continues in coaching, and it's going to continue on the court as well as young Buddy Bayheim awaits his turn at Syracuse. 2017 was an amazing year on the Syracuse Sports scene. This week on the Syracuse Sports Podcast... We'll look back on all the big stories on the local sports scene in 2017. Brian and Bruce Rapp were following it all, especially that Syracuse basketball team. Those guys bleed orange. And they are celebrating the season with slam dunk deals on Subaru, Buick, GMC. We're looking back on 2017, 2018. It's time to trade in. It's time for a new car. You know where to go. Check it out at BillRapp.com. Always a great deal. Always the smart choice. Go in there, tell Brian and Bruce, Happy New Year. Now let's make a deal. Congratulations, you made it through another year. As we look ahead to 2018, we take a step back and look at the biggest stories in Central New York sports in 2017. I've got 20 here that we're going to go over. Now, High school sports plays a huge role in central New York. We're going to focus more on the college and the professionals in this look back. My friend Charlie Miller at Syracuse.com has a great look back on the high school sports scene if you want to check that out. But certainly, congratulations to all the teams that had great success. Skinny Atlas football won a state championship. That FM cross-country team, one of the great dynasties in high school sports, period, wins yet another national championship. What will stand out to me, and I'm a West Side boy, in central New York. So I know both of these gentlemen. I played for one of them and was the PA announcer for another. Mike Masser, West Genesee lacrosse coach, announced in 2017 that 2018 will be his last. That legacy is incredible. The multiple state championships, one of the winningest coaches in the history of the sport, let alone high school sports, that will be An amazing story to watch in 2018. This will also be the last year coaching for Pat Donnelly, who has been at Bishop Ludden for over 20 years now and has done an incredible job. State championship in 1994, and I'm very biased there. I was the PA announcer for that team. Thank you very much. And Pat's the best. Class has fought through cancer, has produced... A number of great basketball players but a number of great young men and you could say that about Mike Messer as well so that story has yet to be concluded we'll see the ends of their seasons in 2018 but certainly congratulations and a hat tip to those gentlemen as they move on to whatever it is they move on to bigger and better things we certainly hope. Let's start at number 20 how about in the fall the Syracuse men's and women's lacrosse teams got the mumps. You hear about injuries and ailments all the time in sports and why it would keep certain teams, mostly certain individuals from getting on the field or the court or whatever it shall be. But there were nearly 100 students at Syracuse university that came down with the mumps. And a lot of those about 10 combined between the men's and the women's basket and men's and women's lacrosse teams, pardon me, came down with the mumps. One of the more unique reasons I've ever heard a fall season to be canceled. Now, They'll get going in January, everything seems okay, everybody's revaccinated and ready to go, but that's not something you hear every year, that's not something we've ever heard, that you had to cancel a session for the mumps. Let's look at number 19, the LeMoyne College men's basketball team selected to the Division II NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, just the 12th time in school history, and not only did they do that, they earned a top seed and hosted the NCAA Division II East Regional for just the third time overall and the first time since nineteen sixty nine. Now Lemoyne was upset by number eight seed Merrimack in that tournament, but finished the season with an incredible twenty-two and seven record and second year head coach. Patrick Beeline, the son of John Beeline, remember him from Michigan, remember him from LeMoyne, was named the NE10 Coach of the Year and certainly has some great things going there at LeMoyne, a bright future ahead for the Dolphins. Number 18, Tyler Lydon keeps the streak alive. There's Kentucky, there's Duke, and there's Syracuse. Those are the longest streaks of schools that have produced first-round NBA talents, and Tyler Lydon was the latest to go after two years at Syracuse. He had a Final Four run one year, didn't go to the tournament the next. He was selected 24th overall by the Utah Jazz, though that was short-lived because he was traded to the Denver Nuggets. Leiden spent much of 2017 in the G League, but recently called up by the Denver Nuggets. Hasn't gotten a lot of time. He's slowly working his way into the rotation, but is in the NBA and became the seventh straight player to get to the first round out of Syracuse. As mentioned, only Kentucky and Duke have longer streaks than that. Number 17 is OCC gets back on top. One of the great runs in college sports came to an end in 2016. The OCC men's lacrosse team winning national championship after national championship. Well, in 2017, the Lazers got back on top, winning their 10th national title in the past 12 seasons. Top seeded unbeaten lasers beat the number three seed Howard Community College. Tight score, 15 14, after they played a season where all but the last game they won by an average of at least three goals. Chuck Wilbur continues the dynasty up on the hill. Number 16. Salt potato fever. I bet you somebody listening to this right now got a Syracuse salt potato shirt or hat or something for Christmas. This took over the town in August and was one of the better promotional ideas that the Syracuse Chiefs have had in years. For a night, Syracuse became tater town. The Syracuse Salt Potatoes, celebrating one of the great culinary treasures in central New York. The merchandise flew off the shelves. And I remember writing about this here on Syracuse.com, getting a lot of feedback on this. People actually said, hey, why not make this permanent? Well, the Chiefs haven't committed to that quite yet. But I would bet that in 2018, we're going to see the return of the Syracuse Salt Potatoes in some way, shape, or form. Number 15 is No Final Four. The Syracuse lacrosse team is one of the great programs in college lacrosse. Nobody doubts that. But for the first time since Jimmy Carter was president, 1979, a class came in and did not go to a Final Four. This was a guarantee. If you played for Roy Simmons Jr., if you played for John Desco, you were guaranteed at one point to go to a Final Four if you were a Syracuse lacrosse player. This team, unfortunately, And the outgoing seniors, unfortunately, did not get that luxury. It was Towson who got the Orange in the tournament this year in a second-round loss. And this was an incredible season for Syracuse lacrosse. They beat Virginia by a goal. And as a matter of fact, they had a stretch of one goal game after one goal game after one goal game. This was an exciting team. This was a fun team. They were clutch. They won all those close games, beat number 1 Notre Dame at the time. But Syracuse lacrosse is one of those programs that is measured by Final Fours and championships. For those seniors to go out and not have that opportunity at a Final Four is something to keep an eye on in 2018 if John Desco can get that streak going once again. Number 14, an old friend visited the Carrier Dome back on September 9th when Middle Tennessee State came in to play Syracuse. And of course, it was a matchup between Dino Babers, the current head coach, and Scott Schaefer, the former head coach, who is now the defensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee State. Man, when that game was added to the schedule earlier in 2017, game on. Everybody was looking forward to it. It lived up to the hype. It was a great football game. Middle Tennessee State bombs away in the fourth quarter. They win the game 30-23. to So here comes Scott Schaefer. He has to walk through the fans at the Carrier Dome to get from the coach's box down into the locker room. And everybody's high-fiving them, shaking hands, pats on the back. They were glad to see Scott Schaefer back in Syracuse, no matter how things ended when he was fired in 2015. And our own reporter, Stephen Bailey, got an amazing shot. If you read my year-in-review story on Syracuse.com, or you can certainly look it up, there is a picture of Schaefer coming down the stairs, heading for the bowels of the carrier dome, and in his mouth, a victory cigar. Cigars that were stowed away by his son Wolfgang, and he kept one for himself just for this occasion. Sweet revenge for Scott Schaefer. So his last two visits to the Carrier Dome got carried off on the team's shoulders when Syracuse beat Boston College in his last game at the Dome in 2015, and a little victory cigar this time around. Number 13 is Buddy and Basley commit Buddy Bayheim, JD Central New York player of the year of course the son of James Arthur Beheim, the head coach of the Orange now Jim Beheim's son Jimmy went to Cornell as a matter of fact in Syracuse's opening game of the season Cornell comes in and one of the first plays of the game Jimmy Beheim buries a three right in his dad's grill so Jimmy did not follow in the Syracuse legacy but Buddy Buddy's always wanted to play at Syracuse And in a video that you saw right here on Syracuse.com, Buddy committed to Syracuse. Now, he's at Brewster Academy this year. He will come in next year, and he'll be a part of a heck of a class. Darius Basley also committed to Syracuse basketball this year. Basley is one of the highest-rated recruits that Syracuse has had in nearly a decade. A 6'8 forward from Cincinnati, long, slender player, considered one of the top players in the 2018 class, ESPN.com has him at number nine. Scout.com places him at number 12. Add in Jalen Carey, a 6'3 guard from Immaculate Conception High School in Montclair, New Jersey. And Syracuse has one heck of a class coming in next year, 2018, no matter what happens in the current Syracuse basketball season underway. Number 12, Brittany Sykes makes history. It was great to see The rise of Coach Q in this program, and it all kind of culminated with that Final Four run when both the men's and the women's basketball teams were in the Final Four in 2016. Brittany Sykes is an amazing story. Not only is she a great player, selected number 7 overall by the Atlanta Dream in the WNBA draft. That's the highest ever for a Syracuse player. Sykes, an honorable mention All-American, finished her career ranked 3rd in program history. 1,846 points she played in 101 victories in her time at Syracuse making her the winningest player in orange basketball history on the women's side finished the WNBA season on the all-rookie team nearly won the rookie of the year award and was named the WNBA rookie leader in scoring rebounding three-pointers made and the rookie of the month in both July and August slash September now, that's a stretch that included 21 double-figure scoring performances in 22 games. And the most amazing part about all of it, as you'll recall the story of Brittany Sykes, but if you don't, she had to overcome two season-ending injuries at Syracuse, still set all those records, and still became one of the great women's basketball players we have ever seen. Another amazing story at Syracuse University this season and this year was Justin Knight, who finally broke through and wins his first individual men's cross-country national championship in 2017. It's November. Cold weather. Louisville, Kentucky is the site. Knight beat Northern Arizona's Matthew Baxter to the finish line by .7 seconds. National title performance that followed three consecutive podium finishes, still pretty good for Knight in either cross-country or track and field but just short of a national title. But that day in November in Louisville, finally a national title for not only one of the best runners in Syracuse history, that really goes without saying, he's one of the best runners on planet earth right now. And I think you're going to see an Olympic bid for this kid. Maybe next time around in Tokyo, perhaps 2020 best of luck to Justin on that pursuit, the top 10 coming your way after this word from Bill Rapp. May all acquaintance be forgot, and that's all the words that I know. Anyway, Happy New Year, everybody. And if you're thinking about 2018, what am I going to do in 2018? I'm in this situation because I glanced at the odometer the other day, 97,000 miles on the car. Yep. 2018, it's going to be time for a new car, maybe a trade-in. So you know where I'm going to go? You know who I'm going to talk to? I'm going to go see my guys over at Bill Rapp Superstore, where you always get a great deal, and it's always the smart choice. You can shop online. Look, play this out yourself at BillRapp.com. they are big Syracuse basketball fans over there at Bill Rapp. They cannot guarantee that every new vehicle comes in orange. Not sure if I would go orange, although that would be kind of cool to drive around town in an orange car. Either way, what they can do is guarantee you 100% satisfaction. These diehard Syracuse fans have kept this community driving for more than 60 years thanks to game-winning deals on new and pre-owned vehicles. I'm probably going to go the pre-owned route, so I'm going to go see my guys over at Bill Rapp Superstore. 2018 means new car for me. If it is for you, if you're thinking about new or pre-owned, go to BillRapp.com, check it out, and then go in there and say, Happy New Year, guys. Let's make a deal. Number 10 on our list, how about Tyler Kavanaugh? Have you guys been following this story? So Tyler Kavanaugh is a J.D. basketball player. He goes on to college basketball, a little bit at Wake Forest, ends up at George Washington, not drafted in June, not invited to the NBA Combine. That came before the draft. So you got a 6'9 forward here who plays for the Atlanta Hawks in their NBA Summer League. He goes to training camp but he's released. He signs a two-way deal with the team on November 5th, which doesn't guarantee you a roster spot, but injuries in Atlanta provide the opportunity for Tyler Kavanaugh. And boy, does this kid cash in two-way contract turns into a two-way year deal in Atlanta he's getting playing time rising up the ranks and just goes to show you hard work pays off my friends and congratulations to Tyler Kavanaugh local boy made good hard work pays off and now two-year deal in Atlanta you didn't think you'd have a reason to watch Atlanta Hawks games now you do number nine on our list John Gillen stuns Duke who can forget Syracuse Duke Gillen comes up the court, and it was not a conventional shot by any stretch. Duke had just made one on the other end. Gillen just kind of strolls up the court. Clock is tight, lets it fly, calls bank, boom, boom, in, and 30,000 people plus go crazy. And the Orange have themselves an amazing win over that team everybody loves to hate. Now, at that point, and we'll get to this as the countdown continues here, at number 7, At number 8, pardon me, and that is despite Syracuse beating Duke in that moment. So let's let's go over this. Bad non-conference slate for the Syracuse basketball team last year. Didn't pick up a win in non-conference play. Didn't pick up a win on the road in non-conference play of note. So they had to really come in and kick some butt in ACC play. That Duke game represented their third top 10 win of the season. And I think we all kind of figured it would be enough. It did not turn into enough. Lo and behold, Selection Sunday comes, and the Syracuse basketball team does not make the NCAA tournament. They go to the NIT, win a couple of games, end up losing to Old Miss in the NIT, and fell short of what Syracuse basketball fans expect. One thing that you lock in year in and year out is what? Syracuse will win 20 games, and they'll make the NCAA tournament. Well, they didn't do that last year, so we'll see if in 2018 – A return to the NCAA tournament is in the cards for the Orange basketball squad. Let's look at number 7. Did the Syracuse football team make progress when they had the same record? I mean, clearly, this was a better football team. They competed with some of the tougher teams on their schedule, but they didn't beat enough of the tougher teams on their schedule. And I think what Syracuse fans will probably remember, it's what have you done for me lately, right? And what the Syracuse football team has done for them lately is last three games, Of the season, defense kind of fell out for that Syracuse football team in those past, in those last few games. 162 points, 2,042 yards to Wake Forest, Louisville, Boston College. So four and eight and four and eight. Dino Babers sees big things ahead in 2018. Despite that, saying, and I quote, I think this is the beginning. I really believe that the 2018 season is going to be something that we'll be talking about here for a long, long time. Big words for a program that technically did not improve in 2017 with a 4-8 record, but, and it wasn't just the record with Syracuse football. One thing that happened, Eric Dungy got injured again, and you've got to factor that in to why this team went 4-8. You need your starting quarterback out there, and God bless Zach Mahoney and Rex Culpepper, or they came in and did what they could. But Eric Dungey's a difference maker. He's a dynamic player, and Syracuse needs a starting quarterback. Now, going into 2018, one thing to keep an eye on is how young Tommy DeVito competes with Eric Dungy for that starting quarterback job. This is still Dungey's job. He's got to get healthy and show that he can play in spring ball, but DeVito's ready to compete. And if Dungey does go down again, and unfortunately you can almost write that into your calendar that that's going to happen, it seems Syracuse has a young and exciting and capable backup ready to go. Number six on our list, we had to say goodbye to Coach Mack, who passed away over the summer. The legendary coach at Syracuse, who at one point could have easily run for mayor and won in a landslide in central New York. And it was incredible that Coach Mack passed away in 2017 because it was the 30th anniversary of one of the most amazing seasons that we have seen in Syracuse football history, the team that went undefeated, 11-0-1. Perhaps some of you watched the video we had on Syracuse.com about that 1987 Syracuse football team. That team and what Coach Mack did, putting Syracuse football back on the map. But it wasn't the stories about football, That we heard when we talked to Don McPherson and Blake Bednarz and Jeff Mangrum and Daryl Johnson and all the players that came back for his funeral, all the coaches that came back for his funeral to Central New York at Hendricks Chapel, of course, at his beloved Syracuse University and Sean McDonough, who gave such a beautiful eulogy for Coach Mack at his funeral. It was about the person. It was about the stories that we had not heard about, the things that Coach Mack would do for people to go out of their way to help those, those that less fortunate, those that just wanted to say hello, those that needed help financially. Those were the great stories that came out. He was a good football coach. He was an even better man. Number five on our list is a startling admission from Brianna Stewart, CNS product who goes on to UConn and becomes one of the greatest women's basketball players ever. Now in the WNBA, the number one overall pick of the Seattle Storm a year ago, in an article on the Players' Tribune written by Brianna Stewart, she admits that she was molested when she was younger. It was startling to read, it was startling to hear, and it was part of the Me Too movement. If anything is going to define 2017 as a year overall, it is certainly the Me Too movement that we heard about from so many walks of life. And certainly it came into sports. The detail in which Brianna wrote her story, giving us details about what the person who abused her smelled like, how he would do it, going to a relative's house and feeling uncomfortable about going there, knowing what was happening and trying to figure out how to tell her parents about it, which she eventually did. The person was arrested and Brianna held on to that secret for years but the courage and the bravery that she showed to tell her story hopefully will inspire others that have gone through what she has to step forward and say something. Number four on our list, Mike Hopkins takes the Washington job. So it's just a day after Syracuse ends its season in the NIT to Old Miss. And a startling story comes out that Mike Hopkins was leaving Syracuse University to take the job at the University of Washington. Wait a minute. You're the coach-in-waiting at Syracuse. This was your year. What we were supposed to be talking about from 2017 into 2018 was Jim Bayheim's last year as head coach. Well, that deal broke down. Mike goes to Washington to pursue his own amazing opportunity, and he picked up a huge upset win over number 2 Kansas in just his first few games as head coach at Washington. And what that led to is instead of this upcoming year being the last for Jim Beheim. He got an extension from John Wildhack, the athletic director at Syracuse University. It was not detailed for how long, but given that Buddy Beheim is coming into play at Syracuse, however long he stays at Syracuse, probably a good bet that Dad is going to be on the bench with him. Number three on our list, the Syracuse Crunch. Make another run at the Calder Cup. It was just a few years ago when Syracuse lost to the Grand Rapids Griffins, in the Calder Cup Finals. And here we are four years later, and it's Grand Rapids and Syracuse once again. The Tampa Bay Lightning sending so many talented players through Syracuse. Now the Crunch fell two games short once again. The Griffins won and six. But the effort, the grit, the great players, the connections with the community, the amazing saves by goaltender Mike McKenna, who's now elsewhere, and some other players that have moved on. Some that came back, including Corey Conacher, who was a big part of that Calder Cup run for the Crunch, now still in the Tampa Bay organization. Syracuse University sports are a big thing around here. When the basketball team is successful, when the football team is successful, it really takes on an energy of its own. But there's something about when the Crunch get their own turn in the spotlight and how this community embraces that and you're walking out from 65 70 degree temperatures outside in mid-may late may early june into the cold of the war memorial speaking of which should add that on to our discussion about the crunch howard Dugan, the owner of the crunch announcing this year that the war memorial will get some long overdue renovations maybe not the complete gutting and overhaul that it needs but certainly some renovations that it deserves. Suites, new seats, new scoreboard in the building, new marquees outside of it. Good to see the old war memorial is going to get a bit of a facelift. Number two on our list. Now, we brought up the Syracuse Chiefs earlier with the salt potatoes phenomenon. The bigger story with the Chiefs this year is that they were sold. A team since the 1960s that was community-owned in a move that saved baseball in Syracuse, New York, sold, to the New York Mets, and it will be a unique setting next season. The Chiefs are still, as of this recording, an affiliate of the Washington Nationals, but they are owned by the New York Mets, two teams in the same division, two competitors in the National League East. Starting in 2019, they will be an affiliate and owned by the New York Mets, but for a year at NBT Bank Stadium, They're going to share services a little bit. And thanks to some great reporting on Syracuse.com, we discovered a lot of stockholders out there that otherwise would not be able to cash in about $1,000 in some cases on some of that stock that was sold in the 1960s. Some that didn't even know they had it got to reclaim it through New York State and got a nice little Christmas bonus, if you will, at the end of the year. But our number one story of 2017 has to come from Friday the 13th at the Carrier Dome fitting that on that day something weird something amazing something magical happened as syracuse pulled one of the biggest upsets in the history of the football program an epic 27 to 24 win over number 2 clemson at the carrier dome syracuse's win over clemson its biggest at the dome certainly since number 1 nebraska went down on september 29th 19 84th the irony is syracuse did not win a game the rest of the season but they won this game how did the orange do it eric dungy Delivered on the biggest stage, accounting for 339 yards of offense, 278 yards through the air, and 61 on the ground. Three touchdowns to lead Syracuse to its biggest win in over 30 years. But full credit has to be given to that defense. If you mentioned defense in the run-up to the Syracuse-Clemson game, most of that discussion probably would have been about Clemson, because they had one of the best defenses in the country, playing an aggressive downhill style all night. Clemson quarterback knocked out of the game on a ferocious but legal hit by Syracuse defensive lineman Chris Slayton. Zarek Cooper comes in and just could not find the same rhythm in Kelly Bryant's place. So the Orange ride an all-around effort and beat the number two team in the country and the talk of the sports world once again. Remember Dino's speech after last year's win over Virginia Tech? Dino and Syracuse right back in the spotlight after that. For those that were there, Those were on the field after rushing it, following the win, and no matter where you saw it. A special memory for Syracuse football fans in 2017. That's our year in review here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to us this year. Please subscribe in iTunes so you can listen in 2018. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, on your iPad, your iPhone, hit that subscribe button and you'll get a new, fresh version of the Syracuse Sports Podcast delivered to you weekly. Happy New Year everybody. Hope 2018 is your best year.